OTB GAA. Through when Mike retired, I became the heaviest player in the dressing room, so I was often on Paul Gadden's back before we games. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. We've got Johnny Ward, the broadcaster and journalist and football Saturday legend in studio. How are you, Johnny? Well, I'm all the better after such that introduction. A, such an appraisal. It doesn't get any. It's all downhill from here. You're summering well. I've seen you on racing TV across the land uh, doing all the interviews. Yeah, summering grand. Doing doing plenty of racing TV, Judy. Doing, I suppose, more of the peripheral meetings. But um, so I'm not in 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 action in Galway. That's but, where you uh, meet the real racing people, Johnny. Yeah, and you know, you go to places like Down Patrick, and the effort they put in to attract crowds, and the little kind of family atmosphere tracks like that, where a lot of the bigger tracks struggle in that regard. But uh, I'd have to say, JD, I did a bit of work ahead of the Galway Festival the other day, so I, we went into Galway last week. We went to Aido McGuinness's yard and Gavin Cromwell's yard, and then there was another add-on to the show where you went into Galway and met some of the people, and like Galway City is just like it's. If if Gal if Gal if the Galway races and John B. Keane said it's a state of mind, Galway City, like is there anywhere like it? It was just it it's I was outside Monroe's and Gary the proprietor of Monroe's, he seemed to know everyone. And it's like this as much as Galway's full of tourists, it seems to have this charm and then you throw the races in on top of um the arts um festival and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. That's what we're previewing now, between now and four, the racing festival which starts on Monday and goes for the whole week. So you're from Galway, Johnny. So what did Galway mean to you growing up? I'm I'm actually nearer uh, to Roscommon in terms of proximity to a race course, but um, I I remember going to Galway for the first time, and uh, this is where my life was ruined basically. Where <laughs> and I remember, and I was clearly too young, but I was betting with the tote or whatever. You know the way it is, and I, I put my hands up. I probably uh, had a bet with the tote before I was eighteen. But everything won, JD, that day, and like obviously hadn't a clue. Probably still don't have a clue. But everything won, and there was there was even one race where. I backed a horse to finish second and it came out and I'd left my, I, I threw the docket away, left where I was sitting down and it came over on the tannoy. Um, would you hold on to your dockets? There's a steward's inquiry and I didn't know what a steward's inquiry was, but they reversed the results and if I hadn't, if I couldn't find the tow docket, it was done. I went back and it was, I found the tow docket, it mustn't have been very windy, that one as well and it was like, this is easy. You're like the granny in Dostoevsky's The Gambler. When she did roulette and everything won and then unfortunately it didn't go out that well for her. The first horse I had a leg in who, I have to say when he won in Galway with my late friend John Walsh and some other friends is one of the happiest days of my life but he was good. and that was This a, is the festival now? This was in, it was later on. Um, it was sort of, a, what's it, the October meeting, um, Operation Houdini um, but I had a leg in him, Ruby Walsh rode him and to win at Galway was really special but funnily enough then five years ago tomorrow I was looking it up, I did a piece of the business post about this tomorrow um, I had claimed a horse out of a claimer in Sligo for I think four grand or something like that Sabras and a claimer is such that you know exactly um, what you have to pay for the horse and you can take him home that evening if you put in a claim so um, Gavin Cromwell got him and he was running him during race week in Wolverhampton and I said to Gavin I was like um, what do you make of his chance like he's two to one favourite and he said God I wouldn't be backing him at that he said, like, he's, he's, he's a chance but like it is what it is so got into the taxi anyway at Galway train station and he goes, where are you going to the races? I suppose it's like, yeah, I'm going to races. Have you a word for it? And I said, nah, not really, not really. He goes, I've worked for one in Wolverhampton. It's a brass. <laughs> it's like, what? And then I went to the races and his odds kept coming in. I think Gavin had had a winner in Wolverhampton. 
And I went into the Labrooks tent and not, it's very modern now, but the place was packed. It was like the probably the Monday of Galway, maybe the Tuesday. Place was packed. He got up on the line, like at a 5-4 favourite, got up on the line to win by about a neck and the place erupted and I didn't have a penny on him. And I was just like, this is completely mad. That's Galway. Yes. That's Galway, you know. And you've Goodwood on as well. So like, I spoke to Ray Mulvaney this week. He said he's 30 years in the game and you might remember... Seamus Mulvaney, the book Seamus's Seamus's nephew so Seamus's brother Billy would be Ray's dad and they've been I mean they've seen all the changes um, we'll say I spoke about Magic Combination winning for Barney Curley in 1999 and Jamie Spencer riding it and he, he he couldn't get enough money on and he had a row with Sean Graham and that was a different time you talk about the ring changing are you yeah the ring so so like Ray has seen the ring change so much in the sense that you know the exchanges have taken over and the ring is kind of now more reflecting of the exchanges but he said in his 30 years of laying horses the biggest ever payout he had was Miss United winning and it wasn't when she won the Galway Hurdle it was a year later when she won a 3-1 to one at Goodwood and he said everyone at the track like he was betting on the away meeting and everyone had back Miss Why United Why did they do that? Because they remember winning her And she was a backable price and everyone loved Mick Winters and she was a really really popular horse didn't she finish like third in the Gold Cup and Ascot, I think, won the Galway Hurdle the year before. Um, do you remember who rode her? I don't. I have to, I have to look that up actually because I, I looked it up yesterday and I've already forgotten. But she, anyway, she went. Robbie Power. Robbie Power. She went to Goodwood the following year and was three to one, so she was a very backable price, possibly favourite. But Jim Crowley, I think, rode her and she won. And like I wasn't, I must have been there that day. But Ray said the place went wild, and he said the payout was unbelievable. Like everyone backed uh, at the away meeting, so that's the, the fun of Galway, and also the fact that you know Dermot Weld used to farm Galway and all that. But it's become so strong that he's just a he's just a player now. And you know he if he 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 struggles in the two year old maiden the race he always used to win, and that's an exceptionally good maiden now. And as well, I was just talking to a couple of bookmakers about Ballon Robe the other night and um, I think it was Ronan Graham made the point to me that Galway has mixed cards and mixed cards are great. Like, they really are. They're not great for jockeys, but they're great for punters and it's such an idiosyncratic track and Galway, I mean, I wouldn't be the only person who probably met a girl the night after Galway. Like, it's just, it's it's a wild place. Um, it's a state of mind. I absolutely love it. Um, I feel about 100 when it's over, but you want to go again next year. We obviously urge everybody to be responsible this week. Definitely. Um, and it's, it, you really, I but we say that with a smile, but seriously do, because it's a long week. And, you know, if you've have, had a few beers, you really need to be careful because it's a long week and just enjoy it. Yeah. Brian O'Connor, they're writing in the Irish Times uh, this week about 217,000 people being there over the seven days in 2006. 117,000 last year so was that a Celtic Tiger thing was there maybe association with the Fianna Fáil tent and all that kind of thing and uh, something's gone out of it to a degree you'd have to when you look at those numbers would you agree with that yeah they're they're quite staggering actually Um, I mean 217,000 over seven days when you consider sort of I mean, the Sunday is a bit of an afterthought. I mean, they're phenomenal crowds for race meetings. Like, like people don't go to the Curra now. People don't go to Leopardstown. So, for Galway to even get... I, like, I wouldn't look so negatively on it. I mean, they're still getting... I guess this week they'll probably average nearly 20,000 a meeting. And um, it's quite expensive. And the one thing is, JD, as well, that a lot of really big racing fans do not go racing now. They watch it on racing TV or they watch it on RT. And they're happy. It's just a change lot. in rhythm. Like things are cyclical in life. I think more people are going to Punchestown at the moment, for example, mm. than they would have. Uh, so I, I do think that's one thing. Um, I was there twenty years ago tomorrow, and I remember. And obviously, he's young and irresponsible. That's his disclaimer before I. No, you're this. old and irresponsible. Uh, well, I think a bit more responsible. 
I remember just being in the Radisson and uh, the lady I was there, there was a, a you know, people in, in corporate world were going, do you want to get the helicopter up? Or and I was going, no, you're actually grand. I get the bus. Oh, well, my the, God. The, the lifts are going from the from the roof or whatever. Oh, uh, maybe my it was God. near there. And then I remember um, being ended, ended up in the Fianna Fáil tent and just ended up in there or whatever and was wearing spats and back three winners. And yeah, it was just, it was utterly wild. Wild. And it's the timing of it as well. Where the last time I lost my legs um, through nerves in the ring was like Galway 20 years ago. Who was the horse? Uh, the horse was Mantor, trained by Dermot Weld, won by Nick. So there. You just had a good bet in him. The last time, the last time I remember seeing a, a purple 500 euro note. So these are all the things that you do when you're young and irresponsible. Was the Euro even in at that stage? It was. That just, was, yeah, just about, yeah, yeah. Which they've now discontinued. But yeah. Um, it, it, it is a mad place. And you, it, the thing about it is you, you do need to keep your wits about you because it can kind of get, you can get lost in the flow. It's almost like one of these rivers that's flowing downstream and you, you get caught up in it and you mm. get lost in the flow. And yeah, it's, it's, it, it is great fun. And I think one of the things about it is, is that it does cater for syndicates. It does cater for the small owner and the, the, the group of lads or the group of, group of girls that might have or a leg in something. Oh, one hundred percent. Like racing so badly needs that, you know. And like, in fairness to the likes of Ado McGuinness, they've they've really targeted these kind of mile handicappers. There are, are five hundred people, I, I believe, in Shamrock Thoroughbreds. There, syndicate. Just to point out once again, there's so many syndicates across yeah. the country. You're going to see on RT TV yeah. this week over the next four days. And racing needs more of that, Judy. It needs more like a collection of twenty lads and lassies getting in on horses and um, having like um, you know syndicates really, really, really important. Because if you think about it, and with the power of WhatsApp now, if twenty people are in a syndicate how many whatsapps are they sending to other people about the horse and they're really spreading interest where I mean I, I, I love Willie Mullins but I, I obviously I, I do want racing to be fairly uh, somewhat uh, egalitarian in the sense of, of, of the wins and that that's that has st- that still kind of is the case in Galway where like the likes of Mick Winters will win um, Paul Gilligan has a horse that you might mention in the Galway Hurdle this year small trainers and also like you do get sort of lower grade ish handicaps as well where like a winner in Galway regardless of where you're from this is the weird thing about Galway you might as well be from Timbuktu but a winner in Galway is special because it's basically the biggest festival we have Okay so let's go through the week itself So On that the, note here's a few losers in Galway The, the, the main storylines though are there storylines that, that we can look towards? Uh, I guess Dermot Weld has lost his kind of he's lost that stranglehold in, in the meet but it'll be it'll still be interesting to see the two-year-old maiden, um, what what goes on there. And the storylines have probably yet to emerge in terms of some young jockey is going to win. Like, I spoke to a jockey um, at Limerick the other night who's riding in the Galway Hurdle, Keen Quirk. He's riding for Gavin Cromwell on My Mate Mozzie, who, like, looks a perfect type to race, but absolutely bombed in the race last year. So, so Keen Quirk, you'll get these young, young jockeys who, like, you really need to get on. I was talking to Harry Swan. I think we both met Harry. And I was like... You, Charlie's son. Charlie's son. And if you get on something in the old GPT, the Conical Tail Handicap, and if an amateur... Like, it took Patrick Mullins, what? It took him to last year, I think, yeah, to win it. Echoes in Rain last year. Echoes in Rain. But see, the TV cameras are rolling. It's on national television. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, it is a... It was the, the week that Joseph O'Brien arrived. I remember Joseph O'Brien win about three or four races. Mm. It must have been about 15 years ago. And it was like, this is this is the first time you've seen Joseph on the TV, you know? I think I think Danny Mullins had rode a treble in Galway. I think... And he was like he was 16 or 17 and it's huge to announce jockeys. Like it really does give you a huge publicity. And uh, yeah, as you say, like the, I, I assume RT's viewing figures are still very good for Galway. And um, yeah, and, and the, the, the media just laps it up. Okay, so we have the Connacht Hotel handicap on Monday. So I'm just looking through this here. Uh, when we're looking at the contenders, what about this race? Well, um, I think you've got to watch the jockey bookings. 
Um, there are three maybe to look at. Teed Up is trained by Emma Mullins. He's a heavy favourite. Turned up uh, for this with a second at Tremor in his last run. Won a handicap hurdle at the track last year. The ground won't be an issue. Emma Mullins won the Grand National with Noble Yates. He knows it to place them. A lot of money for this horse and Teed Up is the favourite. Yeah, like, uh, I, thought, I thought he was... I think he was, might have been put in at 9-4 to four earlier, Jiddy, when I was looking at some book. And I was like, this is... I mean, he, he's run as Tremor. I watched that race. I think I might have, I might have backed something in it. Um, and it was a much, much weaker race than this. But the thing about him was, he's by Glen Eagles, will two miles suit him. And in fairness at Tremor, it looked like he did get the trip. But, like, what is he, 3-1 to one or something in a race? Like, that's basically a maximum field. I don't know if he's that much in hand. So I'd be mad to take him on at the prices. And bookmakers will pay, like, some bookmakers could play six or seven places in this race. In man, trained by Willie Mullins, the one I liked. Only five runs in his life, carries 10 stone, 10. First run for Willie Mullins is the Kerr last time. He was sixth as favourite. Might have been a prep race for this. Man. Very interesting runner and uh, I'm just looking here do we have the jockey booking because Patrick is on a lot of joy is he? Patrick's on a lot of joy yeah so the, 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 the Mullins runner I mean he is going to be he's going to be very very strongly represented in it and um, yeah your horse is interesting a lot of, uh, lot of joy as well um, Fourth in the race last year yeah, I, I think I, I think I tipped Tipped her up last year. Sixteen is quite complex. Like to get out from sixteen, and you know to, so, to negotiate. So just, so just for anybody un- uninitiated, if you're in the stalls for flat race at Galway, to have a low draw is more beneficial. Yeah, and in uh, terms of a horse's chance. Yeah, and funny enough as well, if you, if you break like so, if you break slowly from the low draw, you're probably as well to break slowly nearly anywhere because you might get behind a wall of horses. But it's a tight track, so if you're drawn furthest from the rail, any horse that's on the rail and is handy has a much better chance. This is logical stuff where you're covering less ground and. Um, so what Patrick does there will be, will be very interesting. Just another couple of horses as well. Um, Derek O'Connor riding Cougar was quite interesting. Um, I remember tipping this horse up for the Fred Winter. He didn't run it and he can be very keen, um, but he, he has a bit of ability. But J.B. McManus' other uh, mount, uh, or other, another horse in the race, which is Harry Swan's mount, uh, Shazak, who I saw winning at Limerick. Um, Trained by Gordon Elliott, four-year-old. Yeah, but he won at Limerick a couple of days ago. And I thought he was good, and like he's he comes here in good shape. He, he bolted up in the race. It was a weak maiden hurdle, but I think he's twenty five, thirty three to one. So I, I think he's a chance. Others like Scaramanga as well for Willie um, has to be respected. Dutch Schultz has back form in the race as well for Gavin Cromwell and uh, Dartan as well as a horse that um, has been doing very well for Matthew Smith and would be up in the pace. So your selection for that would be? I'm actually going to go with um, Shazak. I Shazak. just at the prices, and it'd be great for Harry. He's a yeah. lovely young lad, and. Um, yeah, he's he's excited for the week ahead. Immel Man is the one I'm going to go for for Willie Mullins. The Tuesday feature is the Column Quinn BMW Mile. Um, Blues Emperor is trained by Johnny Murta on the Curra. Four-year-old in an upward curve. Won his last two starts, improving to land a valuable handicap at the Curra last time out. The ground's not an issue. Is he a worthy favourite? I like this horse now. I have to say, I'm not sure if he's going to defy the hike. I backed him at the Curra the last day. I was surprised how big he was in the betting and it was a, just a lovely performance. He's a real bonny game sort of a horse. And like the Curra, I, I don't think there was much of a pace bias the last day. He was sort of made much of the running. Um, whereas at Galway, like if he can get out in the front end. Um, but what about Adam Guinness here? Well, Aidan McGuinness has uh, had Saltonstall winning before. Current option runs here. This is over a mile. Current option has been a specialist over seven furlongs at Galway the last few years. Toast and Wish is another horse that could be interesting. Throwing a lot of horses at it to try and win it. But uh, yeah, 
Um, I'm fascinated that Aidan O'Brien's going to run around this Salt Lake City. I don't know if he'll turn up there now, but yeah, he's. I don't know if Aidan has ever. It's funny you remember some of the Aidan's handicap horses who were gambled on in Galway. I remember Hitchcock in particular under Kieran Fallon. I think he went off odds on Giants Causeway horse in a mile and a half handicap, probably with 17 runners, and was just touched off in second. One of these days when the bookmakers were crying for Anthony to win, but um, Anthony else to win. But I, I think Salt and Salt's very interesting. It was up at the yard. Um, so they train the horses on the beach. They, they actually don't really funny enough so like Damien English would train his horses are, would certainly gallop them on the beach Edo does it more for just to get them out put them, get them in the water he doesn't He doesn't really I don't think they really gallop them there because I think he might think it's a little bit hard on them they, they use their own gallops but they I mean when you when we were at there the, the horses just they just seem happy and they're in the water they're lobbing along um, I think it's probably good for their mind the amount of people that just were walking on the beach and taking interest in the horses beautiful sight great photography outside oh yeah and that, that was a particularly nice morning lots of silhouettes of the horses in the water and the jockeys and uh, salt and stall we did a little piece with Edo uh, camera and he was like Salt and Stall was, he was in his stable like and he was just playing around the background he's, he's just one of these horses you'd f- totally fall in love with if you were there and uh, he's I mean he's come back to a mark that gives him a very realistic chance loves Galway hasn't gotten a bad draw and um, warmed up for this with a grand run r- relatively eye-catching run um, at Leopardstown as well um, under Adam Caffrey and uh, I quite like his chance and I, as I say JD look out for each way value in the race what do you like? Uh, Soaring Monarch trained by Peter Fahey he's one of the one contenders course and distance winner good to yielding of an ordinary handicap last year but he caught the eye in winning the first time out um, at Roscommon this season might have improved entering his sixth year that was a funny race I was at Roscommon that night I'm going to give you a mad one uh, whether you have a bet or don't have a bet you've just followed it to win uh, current option current option as well like I mean Edo's going to I think Edo has a great chance of winning it he's basically laid out horses more or less for this race and I don't know who rides current option yeah, um, it's on Tuesday now. Still not, know. still not, still not, not, uh, still not jocked up, obviously. But the draw is going to be interesting here. It's yeah, going to be yeah, very, a low draw is very important. Yeah, just getting it, in position towards the rail. Yeah, the, the funny thing is as well, like the, the you, it's, it's the, a right-handed track, which is a bit of an right-handed track, and then there's a downhill, and then there's a steep uphill. But like you can. Um, they can go very hard in this race as well. So, like, as if you have three jockeys who are desperate to make the best of the low draw, they can go. They can go too hard, and uh, that'll suit the likes of Salt and Stall. But um, I was in Roscommon when Soaring Monarch won, and it was. I don't know how I should put this. It looked. It looked a prep for Galway, and I'm not really sure it was that um, much in their head that this horse is going to win here. He was like twelve to one or something, and like Ronan Whelan came into the straight behind a wall of horses. Really, really eye-catching. Sort of got up near the line, and um, I, I spoke to connections afterwards. Everyone seemed a bit shell shocked, and I just came away thinking this horse has clearly been prepared for Galway, and this was like a little bit of a setting stone. The win is a bonus. Um, well, a bonus in the sense that they won, but obviously hurt his handicap mark a little bit. And um, but what does he get in at thirteen? So yeah, very interesting. And as you say, then Aidan O'Brien. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's represented. The Galway Plate is the race on Wednesday. This race has been going for donkey's ears I'm actually just going to find out um, how long it's been going for here but the race itself it's two miles and six furlongs and you need to be able to jump well and often you find a front runner can do well here I find it get into a rhythm out front and remember Clarkham yes there, we've had um, Mark Enright in before absolutely and obviously I suppose sorry but when you're talking about storylines Hewitt could be a storyline as well Hewitt was a horse that was bought for what 800 quid yeah. and won the American Grand National last year won this race last year should have probably followed up in stole, but he was he would have won, but he fell at the last. Um, but fun like 
to see Charles 1869 was the first Galway played that's amazing when you think of how different Ireland was at that time and what the nature of the race but like Hewitt to be top weight ahead of inevitably Kilcross easy game two Willie Mullins trained horses Fury Road Gordon Elliott lifetime ambition Jessica Harrington Andy Dufresne Gordon Elliott uh, Shark Hanlon to have the key in terms of the top weight and the top weight wouldn't worry me that much in relation to Hewitt like he's a class act um, but the fascinating runner here JD has to be in a scary um, for Barry Connell um, he won at the track last year He, I think he's had three chase runs he won his first two I think he won a Roscommon won well and um, the last time he ran in a chase was it was it was possibly the Drinmore earlier last season and he ran no sort of race but you know you can kind of ha- maybe put a line through that but he warmed up for this on the flat at Leopardstown with a seriously impressive win in a race that was kind of full of horses that would maybe be running Galway or running good races Barry Connell, I presume um, Michael Sullivan's going to ride him. He's, he lacks experience, but he's, he's going to be on the front end, and he's a fascinating runner. Another I have to give a mention to his final orders, who just been phenomenal for Gavin Cromwell. He's by Camelot. Camelot is the sire of uh, Luxembourg, who's running in the big race today. I'm, I'm just losing track of what time is the King George? It hasn't, hasn't happened yet, is it? We'll, we'll come back to you in a second Yeah, there. so Camelot, obviously, anyway, is a sire of flat horses. But he has uh, fine lorders here who would probably be his best jumping horse so far. Loves jumping. I think he's going to run very well. We also have Ashley Meadow in there who has got a, a low weight compared to last year. Six pounds less uh, to carry than, than last year. Been well backed as well. Um, a good jumper. I'm just looking here through. Um, Hookham has won the oh, I King George the Sixth and Queen Elizabeth stakes. There we, the ground must have been a little bit in the... Uh, so I, an, an upset there in the big one. My bet was Westover and that it was actually second. But um an upset and obviously a favour well beaten. So I'll go throw down. Yeah, Luxembourg, I mentioned Camelot, he finished fourth. Um but yeah, the the, the plate is a race, JD, that you you know, you try to get into a rhythm, it's it's real helter skelter and um you wouldn't kind of want to let a horse loose like Clarkham did, um, but it's become like how classy this race is now where the top weight is rated hundred and sixty seven. Like that's incredible. Like this was a race years ago where you'd Possibly winner with a horse rated 130 or 125. Not anymore. So, this is a blow for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore, is it? Oh, uh, yeah. That. I mean, I didn't see the race. And I know there were issues with in relation potentially with the ground. But, um, yeah, it is. It's a big... He spoke, actually, after... Um, I think it was after the Irish Derby. He was saying that the lads, as he calls them, the cool Moore partners... They want to run their horses more with the view to their robustness as a stallion. So, if they, if they retire a horse sort of relatively likely race a three-year-old, they don't know if his progeny will be able to stand up to racing a lot. So his theory now is they run them more often. So this was an incredibly deep King George and like he was coming in after an unimpressive win in the Irish Derby and this was his acid test and he's failed, obviously. Yes, and Hookham, trained by Owen Burroughs, uh, ridden by Jim Crowley, is the winner of that race. So well done to him. So that's the kind of the breaking news here, the big race of the day, the Group 1 King George and Queen Elizabeth race at Ascot. I don't think it's got the profile it used to have, but Hookham thirteen to two winner, Westover second seven to one, King of Steel third at nine to two. It felt like everyone turned up today. Do you know what I mean? Like, it like just, Luxembourg's in the race. Yeah, Luxembourg was. I think he finished fourth, but like you know, like the the Derby first and second, you had like a seriously deep field. I mean, like Bolshoi Ballet was like a hundred to one or something. Like it was an amazingly deep race. So the Galway plates you're putting two to Enniscary. I like Enniscary, yeah, and maybe Fine Lord is a saver. He's more solid, but Enniscary for me is the one that the one that jumps out for me. Lifetime ambition if it turns up here on eleven stone, second to the Troy Town Chase at Navan last uh, autumn, ran well in the John Durkin, 
uh, chase behind Galapande Champs. It's a grade one chase. Good jumper. Uh, was brought down in the Grand National. Hasn't been seen since. But I think Lifetime Ambition is a classy horse in this race. Definite chance. I, I seem to recall Jesse mentioning a plan for this horse when I was at the yard there um, a couple of months ago. And he's been very, very solid. As you mentioned, he, he unseated in the National. But um, his back form is is solid. And uh, I don't know if Jesse's actually won the Galway Plate. Don't believe so. Yeah. Um, no crush. Won very well at Punchestown in the spring. Do you not like it though? Yeah, I mean, he was a horse. That he was a great bumper horse. Can be a was, bit uh, inconsistent. He can. He was a horse that they thought a lot of. Um, he was well backed actually at at Punchstown, and he seemed to stay the trip well. Obviously, ran in, in Autoy then our hurdle race was wasn't particularly well fancy, but he he is interesting. Like he's only had four chase starts, so he's still relatively unexposed and very classy as well. Not entirely sure he get up the hill as well as some others. A market sign for a visionary, and once again, Peter Fahiard, uh, Hewick, you mentioned. I think Ashtree Meadow and Lifetime Ambition be the my two against the field, and the Galway played on Wednesday, then the Galway hurdle on Thursday. Uh, we have uh, a load of horses here with chances. I think this race, you know, you used to maybe have low-weighted horses, but as the place, as you've suggested, it's it's a, it's a better class race now. So you, Willie Mullins has had Araman and Sharjah and Soldier win off big weights. Top weight, yeah. Yeah, so what do you like in this? Um, what do I like in this? Uh, I, I wonder what Patrick is going to ride. I, I like... Buddy One, Paul John Gilligan's a local trainer there in Galway. Yeah, it's funny. I've been racing when he's. I think I've been at Buddy One's last couple of races. Um, sorry, I was, at, I was at the race when he ran Roscommon, which was a race that was run by Glan. But it was all these horses that were probably going to. Like, a lot of them had Galway ambitions. And uh, Buddy One was run. That was like a mile and three. And he stays at least two and a half over hurdles. So I thought the trip was going to be a bit inadequate for him. But he ran well. But he then rocked up at. Um, was it Lestole or Clarny, the last day? Lestole, I think. And I, I, Derek O'Connor kind of went up the inner on him and met traffic but I thought he looked a bit flat footed so met Paul since anyway a great fella and uh, he met him at the race and he said oh the horse in very good nick so it'll be one of the big stories I do like Party Central though as much as that's uh, Gordon Elliott trying to yeah so Harry Swan I'm going to give Harry a mention again he rode her at uh, Bellystown the last day where she beat Jesse Evans who, who has kind of Galway form and Jesse Evans subsequently won and comes back here but she could she could hardly pull her up afterwards and might have small jumping issues and she's a bit of a bridal horse but I, I think she's a lot of class for a race like this Zarek the Brave is a four year old a lot more to come third in a valuable race at Altoy last time out yeah I, I'd say he might go off favourite and uh, as you say again he's only had four hurdle starts they ran him in a grade one the last year this shows they ran him in a grade one at Punchdown he's second to Lossy Mouth um, just shows the uh, the calibre of the Galway hurdle now Um I'm not sure about four-year-olds in the Galway Hurdle what sort of record they have off the top of my head I'd say it's rare now it's a Perigene Diamond or something in the mm. late 90s it's, it's a big of... big ask for a four-year-old because yeah. um, it's a but uh, Tudor City I mean met John Breslin uh, recently in a outside a restaurant it's, it's owner. the owner and John has an affinity with Galway but Tudor City I remember this horse winning a flat handicap I'd say eight years ago maybe at Galway seven or eight years ago I think he, he's 11 now so he was three or four and uh, he, he won under Fran Berry, got up by a neck. I remember like ha- having backed it the night before at a good price and it was one of these great kind of Galway wins. But he's coming back to win the Galway hurdle for a third time, which would be a record. be 11 now. I'm, I'm right, but I got the year wrong. Peregrino Diamond 2000, the last four-year-old. 2000, to win. wow. The last four-year-old to win a, a Galway hurdle. So it'd be, that'd be a, a stat against our Brave put chances. Me, put me off a bit. And in fairness to Shooter City, to win the last day off, uh, what do you win off? 70 yeah and 70 on the flat in a good race so he's coming here in perfect form and uh, the age wouldn't bother me at all I'd prefer to back an 11 year old an 11 year old than a 4 year old in the race and uh, 
there'd be some it'd be a lovely goal we saw if he were to win it again for John Breslin a couple of JB, well, three JB McManus runners uh, Fidey Bay uh, third in the county hurdle at Cheltenham Brazil uh, won a grade three at Nace back in November hasn't done much since Takao was third in a handicap at Punchestown only got ten stone four which of the three do you like there? None of them really. Um, None of them, right? No. Um, my so, mate Mozzie. Well, my mate Mozzie, like I, I'd can't get over last year's. I, I would struggle to back a horse. Like Keen Quirk is a smashing young rider, and he's the, it was lovely to see like just the, the smile on his face and the excitement, thinking of having a ride in the Galway Hurdle, a young jockey. Um, that if you if you walk down the street, nobody know who he is, but he they will if he, if he wins in Galway. Um, Here's one for you. Bianni Stock won a handicap hurdle punch town. Caught my eye at a price. Yeah, he's, he's, he is interesting. The other, like, and he's progressive. I just, looking at them here, Mighty Tom isn't that long with um, Keen Collins and um, travelled like an absolute dream in winning the last day. He sneaks in here. The Capo Glory? The Capo Glory. Ran well at Punchestown and a novice hurdle. Porrick Butler, yeah. And um, Porrick Butler, if I'm right in saying, had a winner at Limerick. He's only a small, small... He's the first cousin of James DeLay. And I spoke to him. He's actually... He's hopeful the horse will sort of run well. Um, but he's only a tiny operator. Just in relation to those McManus runners... Brazil is interesting in the sense of that back form that he has. Galileo, he's very, very good. Takao is a horse I don't like. I think he's a bit of a bridle horse. And Filey Bay, I think, is probably the most solid place bet in the race to an extent. I think he's going to run well, but I don't know if he's hand in hand at this stage. Very, very shrewd purchased by Paul Byrne and subsequently bought by JP. If you're going to go to Galway, folks, enjoy yourselves. Obviously, be responsible. Euro each way will do. Um, but your idea of a winner, Johnny, this week? Uh I like Party Central in this. I think she's primed to run a big race. Um, each way. And each way, then maybe um, Salt and Stall in the feature on day two. My two against the field and the place are Lifetime Ambition and Ashtree Meadow if they turn up. And in the hurdle, I like Bialystok and De Capo Glory. Johnny, thanks as much as always. Look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time for Football Saturday. Are you going to Galway, actually? I probably get a late call. Rumours of a raid on Tuesday from one of one of our mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Danger but here. Uh, you can check us out uh, on on the social channels. Uh, the return of football Saturday in two weeks. Look forward to talking to you then, Johnny. And then coming up after the break, we're going to chat to Leitrim's Zach Morali on the subjects of hurling and inclusion. Stay with us. Also, the best of the football fa- pod between four and five ahead of the All Ireland final tomorrow between Kerry and Dublin. We're back after the news.